0: private money it's the Great Reset on Grand Fork's best source. <laughs> David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition joining us as always on Tuesday and along with myself, John Roberts, Paul the producer all here. Great Reset brought to you by Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? three three zero one two seven three and executive properties also does garage door repairs and replacements have any questions or comments on the great reset today our number is 701-213-0863. feel free to text or call again uh not on facebook or youtube today uh we don't want to get thrown back in jail again again uh, if you do want to listen live go to gfbestsource.com click listen now it is live if you'd like to chat Click the Twitch link in the upper left corner. Uh, we're on Rumble 2. It's posted on the GFBS Facebook page. So there are still ways you can reach out to us. Uh, let's do it. Time now for a daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go, Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. I don't know if David's gonna like this one or not. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, my pot smoking college roommate. Pot smoking college roommate decided to choose theology as his major. He's now a high priest. <laughs> i thought that was kind of funny yeah
1: <laughs> okay I get it I
0: um get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay a couple of things i want to talk about uh first off um we have to mention uh fargo police officer jake wallen uh yeah. killed in action on friday oh, uh, horrible horrible thing uh tragedy for sure uh joe biden's approval rating it's still at about 40 percent, which is pretty darn low uh i don't know if you guys heard that donald trump speech um, saying that Biden took millions of dollars from China. Tell us something we didn't know. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Joe Biden working on a new student loan forgiveness plan since uh, they decided the other one wasn't going to work. To um, you hear about the Oakland A's owner, John Fisher? He's endorsed Doug Burgum for president, large donation, as large as he could possibly give, I guess, uh, because of his anti-transgender beliefs. So, how about that? The guy that owns the Oakland Athletics Major League Baseball team uh, coming out and, and saying stuff like that. And um, I do have, uh, let's see, one more thing to talk about. Um, and that is uh, I, I gave you guys an, an update, um, actually, a couple of things. I gave you guys an update uh, on the city council of East Grand Forks last week and that whole emergency exit thing. Um, well, then they finally called me and said, yeah, you're right. They can't use it. So I happened to be driving down the highway and saw one of, the company's trucks coming out of that driveway again. So I pulled right in next to him. We're staring at each other. I'm giving him the two number one signs, and uh, he's just staring at me. He backs out, goes again. So I go home. I call City Hall. I then call and leave a very vocal message, answering or a message on uh, the voicemail of the mayor. And I said, see, uh, they're already... They're already out of compliance. They haven't even opened yet. And within, I don't know, hours, they had a roadblock on that road. So um, they did something right. How about that? And another thing, since I'm uh, throwing East Grand Forks City Council under the bus, um, the whole legal marijuana thing now coming up in August. Here's what gets me. I was all for this, proje- or this um, proposed 1% sales tax in East Grand Forks, okay? I was all for it because I'm a sports guy. I know... Baseball teams don't like coming to East Grant Forks because the fields are right next to the beet plant. Uh, it kind of stinks, whatever. They need upgrades on their hockey rinks and their, their sports facilities. But now I look at this, and right off the bat, the East Grant Forks City Council says, uh, no marijuana dispensaries East Side. no, none of this, none of that. It's like they don't even want to bring in new business. It's like they don't want to create new jobs. They don't want to bring in more money. Let's just make a 1% sales tax increase, and we'll do it that way. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it just, um, I'm not really sure. I, I was for it. I got a phone call from a couple of business owners over the weekend and said, look at it this way, and I started looking at it the way they were talking about it, and they want me to team up with them to go against this, but I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Oh, and finally, one more thing, uh, new name for Joe Biden, uh, Joe Kane Biden. How's that? Joe Kane Biden. <laughs> So how was that? Was that enough? <laughs> I think that was a good start. <laughs> a good start. Private money. What happens when you combine ESG scores, social media scores, social credit scores, video surveillance, and financial surveillance of the American people? That is a mouthful, David.
1: That is a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah. Good morning, John. How are you? Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Um, ESG scores, social media scores, Dean, good to see you. What's <laughs> up, <laughs> Uh, well, I want to go back uh, to a couple of things before we get to the main topic. Uh, I want to go back to a couple of things that you mentioned. The 1% sales tax. I'm personally of the opinion that you never... You n- you never vote to raise your own taxes. Mhm. What's well, a sales no, tax? You never vote to raise Yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. You never vote to raise your own taxes a tax. Sure, sure. Right. Never vote to raise your own mm-hmm. taxes because the government will always find a way to do it anyway. Yeah, and, with and, your permission or without your permission. And if it's something and so the question is what do they want this 1% sales tax for? What's it for?
0: Uh it's for sporting. you know, uh like the fixing up the uh, hockey arenas and, and things like that. I think maybe some for the baseball field for uh, Stouse field um but it's another thing too when you've got cities combined like grand forks and east grand forks you raise the sales tax in in east grand forks which already the taxes are a lot higher on certain things in minnesota than they are in north dakota that's why people come to north dakota to buy stuff that's what they're going to do the same damn thing east grand forks you go across the river buy what you need then you don't have to pay that extra one percent sales tax which really doesn't add up to much but
2: well no but um You know, because it's one percent here, one percent there. That's right. And it does add up. And and the Mm -hmm. thing is, they don't have to do a one percent sales tax. What they need to do is figure out how to not spend money on dumb stuff that they're wasting it on.
0: Well, they bought a big chunk of land across the river from Thirty Second Avenue South in Grand Forks because they think the bridge could go there. (laughs) They've already told them the Grand Forks people have already said the bridge is not going on Thirty Second Avenue. You know, and I even asked the mayor, why did you buy this land when it's probably not going to... Oh, we'll just sell it.
1: Okay, that's fine. But why did you buy it? But Paul's right. That's the the issue. The question should not be, um, well, is 1% too much or not? No, the question should be, why do you need it and where are you spending our money? Mm -hmm. What are all the things that you're wasting our money on? Sure. What kind of... What kind of corruption mm-hmm. stuff is going on with the money that you already get? Because yep. guess what, they—they they, they, first of all, no politician ever met. Uh, I say this in general. No politician ever met a dollar he couldn't spend. Sure, doesn't matter how much you give them, they will spend it. Mm-hmm. It's like a blonde in high-heeled shoes in Macy's. Okay. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah uh, you know,
1: and, and you give her a card right mm-hmm. yeah sky's the limit <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: so but uh, a on reason this. there's a reason that only some people get the card that uh, you know the carte blanche mm-hmm. which has sure. no spending limit. right There's a reason that some people don't get that right, right, right right. but the government people all think that they have carte blanche with your money mm-hmm. and we've got to say, no, you don't yeah uh, where show us where you're spending it now and where you can cut, where you can save, and where you can just stop spending because we don't even need that anymore. The amount of waste, I, I, I'm a personal friend of Terry Burke, who's on the Grand Forks side of mm-hmm. the river, and he said that if, if people in Grand Forks had any idea the level of waste of taxpayer dollars in this, just the city, mm-hmm. forget the state, forget the Fed, just the city of Grand Forks, he said if people had any idea how many millions of dollars are wasted uh he said there would be a revolt i mean people would be up in arms but they don't know right and they and they hide it the government hides it and they don't let they don't want you to know
2: Mm -hmm. well we're on this topic um i would uh tell everybody to watch um common sense uh yesterday kid had a really good interview with rick becker he's Uh, trying to get a petition out there Mm -hmm. to eliminate property taxes in uh, North Dakota, which... Good for him. That's... Wow. That's huge. He called it it property taxes a cancer.
1: It is. Yeah, it it is. is. And not only is it a cancer, but it is the primary plank. It is the number one platform of the Communist Party. Well, and there's there's two... Communism is based on
2: you cannot own property. Yeah, Yeah. and so there's there's two things that really uh, stood out to me for it. Uh, So... One is that you have you know some of these older people that are on a fixed income. Well, they keep raising property taxes, and then they take their homes away from them sure. because they don't increase their yeah, a home their, that you own. Yeah, they don't increase their fixed income. Mm-hmm. They just increase their property taxes. Yep. Yep. And then the other one is that if we don't have property taxes. That'll bring more people to the state.
1: Sure will. Oh boy, you know what? I uh, I'll have to. I didn't know Rick Becker was promoting that. Oh so yeah, he's I'll, been doing it big time. How's he doing? Is he is he preparing an initiated measure so we can put it on the ballot? Yes, yes. Good. I'll have to get in touch. With he him already.
0: It, I already know how many signatures he needs. I don't have the number with me, but he's he's been going through. The process. And I know now that they have come up with a number of how many signatures he needs in order to get it on the ballot. So, yeah. Do
1: you know it was on the ballot in 2000 and what was it? 2001, 2002. I can't remember. It was on the ballot. Oh, okay. We did that once before. I know because I was part of the process. Oh, sure. I sure. went out and I went to the post office and I got signatures from mm-hmm. people. And I did my research on how to, how to promote that, how to market that message to the people of North Dakota and there's a really sharp lawyer uh his name is bob hale and sadly he uh mr hale passed away uh during the whole covid nonsense i don't know if he got the shot or not i'm assuming that he did but i don't know maybe he i don't know um but he died during that time and it's uh, he did an enormous amount of research on the amount of spending that takes place in north dakota that's completely wasteful Mm -hmm. and he wrote a book. In fact, I've got—I still have a copy of the book—where um, he outlines how we could eliminate property taxes completely without raising a single penny in any other category of taxes. What? How is that possible? Yeah. You mean, well, where are we going to make up the difference if we don't raise taxes somewhere sure. else? He showed it in the book. Yeah. By pointing out all the enormous waste in. North to go to state hmm. spending, that if it's simply, if that's simply eliminated, not only do we not have to raise more taxes, we can actually cut taxes in other places as well if we want. Yeah. We can actually increase the number of services that we want. Now, here's, I, I, will, I will say this, and I don't know if Rick, I, I'll, I'll, I've i got to talk to him, because because what's going to happen is the, the pushback against eliminating property taxes is going to be this, oh, well, well, what services do you want to do without? You want to get rid of teachers? You want to get rid of uh, police officers? You want to get rid of the fire department? All those things are funded by property taxes. We're not going to have all those things. Okay, so they're going to lie again because that's what they always do. They always lie because they're real communists who are embedded in our government.
2: Mm-hmm. I should make one correction, too, because the guy does have a title. It's actually Dr. Rick Becker. Dr. Rick Beck. Yeah, he is so a I, I he should a I should put doctor in yeah, front of his, his name. So yeah.
1: he, um, no, it's, it's a great idea. The reason that it failed, I'll tell you, the reason that it failed the last time is because of improper messaging. Uh, because the people that were behind it insisted on saying the words abolish property tax. And I said, if you say that, it will fail. You can't say abolish property taxes because people think you're a nut job. Right, right. You have to say replace property taxes. Mm-hmm. And if you say replace property taxes, then people are going to ask, well, replace them with what, right? Yeah. I know this because I did the research, okay? <laughs> and, and,
0: you know, Grand Forks, um, I haven't lived there for so long, but um, I hear it from everybody, you know, oh, Grand Forks, oh, property taxes are all oh, they're, they're through the roof. and You know, if this is something that happened because Minnesota is not much far behind uh, as far as, taxes and the taxes in minnesota are crazy but um uh i would maybe think about moving back across the river um you to would you know what? yes
1: john you're not the only one i was in bob hale's office when he got a phone call from i think it was the governor of wisconsin this attorney bob hale got a phone call from the governor of wisconsin he said how's your property tax initiative going and bob said well we think it's going well he said we are watching you because if you manage to eliminate property tax in North Dakota, we're thinking of doing the same thing here. Okay? I think it was Wisconsin. It may not have been Wisconsin. Maybe it was somewhere else. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But there was another state. That got, and you know what? There were multiple states who were watching all eyes on North Dakota because they said, we want to do that. Right. Because guess what every state does to attract big businesses to come to their well, state? Well, give them
0: tax incentives. State.
1: And tax breaks. Exactly. Yeah. And so what? So, yeah, so you won't have to... We won't make you pay any property taxes for the first year. Mm-hmm. No property taxes for the first five years, right? No property taxes for 10 years, whatever. No. So that that's the abatement, right? Sure. That tax abatement. Guess what? If we get rid of property tax in North Dakota, it's like permanent. Like yeah. everybody right. gets the benefit sure. from that. Not just a select few, which I think, by the way, is grossly unfair. If you were to say, hey... Let's bring Nike, I hate Nike, uh, let's bring Nike shoes and they're going to b- b- have a big facility here in North Dakota, we'll give them a five-year tax abatement. Well, no, was... let's not, let's, because that's completely unfair to all the businesses sure. that are already here yep. that are paying taxes, <laughs> right. and paying their employees, and paying all the insurance, and they're paying everything else. No, let's make it fair for everyone by just saying, guess what, nobody has to pay property right. taxes. You know who doesn't pay property tax in North Dakota? You know who doesn't pay property tax in Grand Forks? All true health systems. Oh yeah, doesn't you know know seriously? Why, me. Seriously. They pay not a penny in property wow. taxes. Uh, you know why? Because they are they're they're organized as a nonprofit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, isn't that funny
2: non-profit how they're a nonprofit? Property tax. How are they a nonprofit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how know. can a nonprofit
0: I turn know. you into a uh, collection agencies? Fact
1: huh? is stranger than fiction, isn't
0: it? <laughs> uh, this was a story from ABC News from June thirteenth of twenty twelve. North Dakotans took their angst against property taxes to the polls on Tuesday, an issue gaining traction in other parts of the US. Voters ultimately rejected the ballot measure to eliminate the state's property taxes with a reported 76.5% rejecting the proposal and 23.5% favoring. That's, I mean, that, that's seventy over 75% of the people voted against it, which I don't know why. I didn't, to me, that is surprising
2: it's that not it was a, that overwhelming. Not at all. It wasn't at all. Not at all. Okay. You know, not um, at all. Since, since you're, at all, you're, you're, you're talking about Ultra really quick, um, just because I made the, the change, I went to Sanford, for the first time yes. night and day sanford is way better than all true <laughs> so anyway
1: i've heard that before so why am i not surprised john I, I said i did the research i don't know how many hundred people i talked to when i was out gathering signatures but whenever i said to someone hey would you sign our would you sign our petition oh what's that for uh we're trying to abolish property tax in north dakota what do you think the response was that i got what would you guess you're nuts you got it. Yeah, get out. Get away from me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what you want to get rid of? You want to get rid of the public schools too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. watchly, well, I do. <laughs> but uh, but that's what they said. And so I tried multiple approaches. Do you know what happened? I, hey, you want to sign this in to help us eliminate property taxes? Get out of here. Yeah. I said, do you, you like paying
0: it? property taxes?
1: Go. Yeah. <laughs> when I said, would you like to sign our petition? What's that? Well, we're, we're trying to get a measure on the ballot to replace property taxes. You know what the response was? Let me take a look at that thing. The response was. Replace it with what? Replace it with what? I said, oh, I'm so glad you asked. Let me show you. Mm-hmm. And, I turn, and, I, and I'd explain it to them. Now, instead of saying, get away from me, here's what I got. Hey, Ethel, come sign this. Yeah, yeah I'll yeah. sign that. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> People were anxious to sign it. They sure. couldn't wait to sign it mm-hmm. because they needed to hear that it's not going to make services go away. It's not going to make things change in North Dakota for the worse. No. It replace means, oh, you don't do without. Mm-hmm. You still have what you've got right now. The services that you have right now are going to stay there. That's what people needed to hear, and that's not what people heard. Right? Because the message that the people behind this whole thing were saying was, "We're going to vote for on measure two, we're going to abolish property taxes," and that makes you sound like a nut job. Sure, and it makes it sound like what? Why would we ever? Why would we want to go backwards? Why would mm-hmm. we want to lose services that we have that benefit us in our community? That's stupid. Nobody was. Right. No one's going to go go for that. Sure. So the twenty three percent who voted in favor of it, either they didn't care or they understood, no, we're not gonna abolish any services. Everything is gonna say, uh, police, fire, hospital, emergency, education, that's not gonna be affected by this. What will be affected by this is your house now belongs to you.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Not to the government, not to the county. And they can't kick you out because it's yours.
0: Yeah, you know, you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars. Most people, takes 30 years to pay off their house. Uh, And then all of a sudden, after that, you could be um, retired, you could be a senior citizen, and they can kick you out of your own house that you've lived, worked, paid for, and and they can just say, nope, you're behind on taxes get out well
2: and that's in it. your case that's too it. you know when you talk about like that asphalt plant if that pops up and mm-hmm. it drops your your house's value well, you by 50 percent yep but you're still pay, paying the property tax. Sure. right it. yep 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 so and,
0: and that's another thank you east grant forks city council uh, another one for you guys but uh yeah it, it, it's all the things that they talked about but anyway yeah um i think it would be a great thing i think more states should try to figure out a way to do that and uh and
1: you know, it's not hard. You just have to do it. So the 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 one of the beauties of being in North Dakota is that we do have the initiated measure process, which means this: once the measure is on the ballot, we get to vote. If the people vote in favor of it, the state legislature can't overturn it. You understand that? Mm-hmm. If the people vote to eliminate property taxes. The legislature may have to figure out, OK, how are we going to move things around to uh, to make sure that things keep running smoothly, which they they should be doing anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can't overturn it. They can't. The legislature doesn't have the authority to overturn an initiated measure that is a basically it's direct will of the people vote. That's what it is. Can't the
2: governor just veto it, though? No, he cannot.
1: Oh, he does not have no, veto authority over nope. an initiated measure. Nope. That's the the people being the final say. The only way that you can undo an initiated measure is with another initiated measure.
0: Yep, you have to vote it out again, and right. that would take another year minimum to be able to do that. So,
1: well, yeah, pro- probably more than that. Right, right. Special, special. Yep. You know, yeah, it election. might take a
0: year just for them to say, yeah, okay, get the signatures, and then we could put it on the ballot for next year yeah. or whatever. So but it'd be at
1: least two years. Yeah, but it would be a phenomenal thing. Here's what would happen. North Dakota. It would literally put North Dakota on the map. Mm-hmm. Oh, and sure it would. My my fear. My fear is that we would lose our agricultural base Mm. because property in North Dakota would become so valuable. we would
0: be like the next Colorado or Montana where everybody that used to go to LA is now moving to Colorado and Montana and all that stuff.
1: Businesses would want to relocate here Mm -hmm. because there's, they don't have to wait for their tax abatement to run out. Right. They know ever it never runs out. Mm -hmm. They're just here operating without property taxes and you can own your own land. So, and I, and I think, you know, that sadly, some people, even farmers, and I think that most farmers are patriots, uh, but look at the number of farmers that, have, that, that sold out to Bill Gates because yep. he was just the highest bidder, Yep. right? So a, farm puts up his, a farmer puts up their land for sale, and they're going to sell it to the highest bidder because that's just the way that they do it. Bill Gates makes sure he's always the highest mm-hmm. bidder.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I know guys, um, they're just like, well, why would you sell your farmland? They don't make it anymore. Well, I get that. But why would you work your bones to the bone, you know? It- all your life, when you can sell it and
1: live, you know, the high life. Right. And so I have no problem with people selling their farmland. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with who they sell it to. Right, right. Sure. So if I s- want to keep farms going. Yeah. So if I'm selling farmland and Paul offers me, uh, you know, five million for my farmland mm-hmm. and you offer me six, you're a total jerk and you're going to use it to destroy uh, North Dakota. I'll say, hey, keep your six. Yep. I'm going to sell to Paul for five. Sure, Anybody can do that. You don't, look, uh, just in case any farmers are watching, I, I don't mean to be condescending, but you can choose any offer you want. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sell to the highest bidder. There's no law saying you have to sell to the highest bidder. You can sell to anybody you want. So just
2: don't sell to Bill Gates. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's simple? do uh, this uh, Heaven's Cakes ad, and then let's get back on topic to what the show is about. Oh, <laughs> You know,
0: there is nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. Oh, for heaven's cakes, that's where the good homemade baked goods are. Cupcakes, cakes, special special occasion, or maybe just a treat. Uh, You can order them up or you can walk in to find out more. If you're a business owner, uh, want to treat your employees to a nice treat, check out their monthly employee discounts. They are on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall. They're open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4, Saturdays, 9 to noon. Call them up, 701-757-Cake. You can go to oh for heaven's cakes at Yahoo.com. Be a beautiful cupcake and a world full of muffins. All oh for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. Looking for a cake job, they might still be looking for some help too. Go check them out. North Back side of the Grand Cities Mall. Private Money, The Great Reset, David Waterman, myself, Paul, the producer, all hanging out here today. Um, I did want to make one, something I forgot to talk about when we were, the opening of my little monologue thing or whatever, um, and then we will get back on topic, but how many bills do you think are out there, dollar bills, you know, uh, singles, fives, twenties, fifties, hundreds, how many billions of them do you think are out there, and how many of them have a serial number on them, every
1: single one? They all have a serial number. Why can't they do that to ballots? <laughs> oh well they I could I, I think that they probably don't because they don't want people because it's still a private ballot
0: oh okay right so well, okay. N- you
1: don't want your name connected to a number that they can find out how you voted
0: sure well or they can find out that you really did vote and yeah and that way they'd find out if you that they're everybody would know they're cheating okay anyway <laughs> uh private money private money I,
1: yeah, so, uh, before, just before we get to that, what was the last topic we discussed last week? Do you remember? This is the very last thing that we talked about before, before the show closed. Was it,
2: uh, I, uh, were you good I bet at,
1: Dean remembers.
2: Were you, Are you talking about uh, Sounds of Freedom? Yes, sir, okay. we okay. were. Okay. The That's Sound right. of Freedom. Right. You,
1: were, you were going to the movie that night. I, I went to, and I did oh, go yeah. to the movie. And I just want to report on that.
0: Do you think they'll ban that from theaters? People were saying, go see it before they pull it.
1: I don't think they can. Okay. No, it is, it's very well done. I was ready. I had a bunch of Kleenex with me just in case because Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's a very powerful topic. And I, did did you see the movie uh, Taken with Liam Neeson? I did. Yep. Which one? One, two, or three? uh, (laughs) Do one. Okay. Okay. Mm hmm. Um, In that movie, you got a glimpse into human trafficking. Sure, yeah, because his his daughter in the movie was taken, yeah,
0: all drugged up and then
1: sold, Mm -hmm. along with a bunch of other women who were sold, you know, as sex slaves, basically. But they're all adults. But we saw kind of behind the scenes of what a seedy, hideous, evil, perverted, and cruel world that is. Right, we saw that. So I saw that. And I'm thinking, wow, if The Sound of Freedom shows that same world only with little kids, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that. Yeah, that's going to
0: tug a little much on the tummy strings there. That's going to
1: be really tough because it's real. It's Mm -hmm, not not a story. It's real. But thankfully, they didn't do that. I mean, it was very tastefully done. They didn't show a lot of graphic, visceral images of kids being abused. Yep. I mean the worst I'd say the worst that, that you saw was, was dirty kids being crammed into a storage container sure. with just a little fan you know on the wall where they could peek out and see if the good guys were coming to save them which they weren't um, but it's uh, it is it's it's emotional because it's true but it's not it wasn't at the level of intensity emotionally that I was uh, kind of anticipating thankfully uh, however, it is a true story yep. and there is a rescue involved and it's, it's very well done. It's very well done. And if you watch the whole movie and then you stay at the end for two minutes, uh, Jim Caviezel comes on and he, he gives an actual message. I mean, he actually addresses the audience mm-hmm. and he talks about the importance of sharing this story with your neighbors and friends and having them come to the theater to watch it he stressed it's very important for people to see it at the movie theater not wait till it comes out on DVD or Blu-ray don't stream it at home go to the theater because he said that there's and it's true there's power in seeing something as a group when everyone is focused on the same thing at the same time you're in the you're not getting phone calls you don't have someone knocking on the door you don't have all these distractions that you do when you're at
2: home mm-hmm. you're just focused on the movie and and it's powerful. The, the thing that I found really crazy about this is, and I mean, you know, somebody put a meme up about it, but said, you know, the media was praising cuties, but they're, you know, saying that sound of freedom should be banned. And, it's, and I mean, that that speaks a lot to it, because why would they I mean, what is the problem about trying to even talk about sex trafficking? Like, that's a bad thing unless, somehow. A,
1: unless you're a pedophile or a pimp. Yeah. If you're a pedophile or a pimp, you're not going to want to talk about it. Yeah. So why would anybody that's not a pedophile or a pimp, why would they attack this movie?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, right. I can't right. think of
1: a reason. No, no. <laughs> so I'd say if the shoe fits, wear it and then sure. watch out because we're coming for you if you're one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, the, the, that's also the value of this film because the more people that know what's going on, the more people will be on the lookout. Sure. For the grooming and the farming that's taking place with mm-hmm. kids, the more people are going to understand how it works, and they're going to go, uh-uh, uh-uh, and the tricks and the deception, the lies, they're not going to work anymore. Uh, I, I've mentioned Jakob Williams before on this program. He's a man from, from uh, uh, Australia whose sister has a beautiful singing voice, and she auditioned. She wanted to get into the music industry. She auditioned when she was a teenager, and she got a contract. She got a recording contract. Only the people in the music industry weren't interested in her voice. They were interested in her body. Sure. And she was <clears throat> trafficked mm-hmm. through the music industry. Yep. Um, and eventually he got his sister. He helped get his, his sister got out. She escaped. I don't know how he helped her to do that. But seeing what that experience did to his sister. And this is not... Shady guys with the greasy hair and this, you know, it was, this is the recording industry. Yeah. Who are, who are grooming and then farming mm-hmm. these kids out for sex. These young teenagers for sex. That's a legitimate industry, right? And so he thought, oh, it's a legitimate contract sure. that she got. But the ones who do it like the, in the movie. Uh, there's always a come along. There's always some kind of an incentive. It's not, hey, uh, hey there, Mr. Jones. Would you uh, sell your son and daughter to us so we can sell them as sex slaves? Oh sure. How much? Yeah. No, it doesn't work like that. The way that it works is they present something that looks legitimate on the sure. outside, and you give your consent mm-hmm. for them it's to almost, go almost too good to be true yeah, yeah. To I'll, I'll, have, I'll have
2: to watch the movie but you know people around here should really pay attention to it because from what i've heard i mean that is one of the biggest problems on the reservations oh yeah i believe it yeah mm-hmm. girls right. go missing on the reservation all the time hmm. and guess what uh they are
1: children that were created in god's image and god loves those sure people. So uh, that's one of the lines that comes out in the movie that I think is very powerful. God's children are not for sale. So uh, I, I, I think everyone, it, look, If here's the deal. If you're not a pimp or a pedophile, go see the movie. Yep. If you are a pimp or a pedophile, stay away. Because <laughs> we don't want you to know that, that we're on to you. Mm-hmm. And we're on to your tricks and we know, what's going, we know what you're doing. Uh, it, it is, it's, it's, it's very well done. Um, and I think that everybody needs to see it. It's not too intense. So I've talked to people who say, oh, that'd be too intense. No, I've seen it. Uh, it's not too intense. Mm-hmm. It, it, is, it is intense. And there's some moments that are, you know, scary because people are in danger. But uh, it's very well done. And it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, I encourage everyone to see it while you can, while it's still in the theater. See sure. it, please. See it while it's still in the theater.
0: Uh, see, yeah. I, I hate sad movies i don't like movies that have bad endings so hopefully this one's got a good ending yeah i I mean i absolutely i'm glad
1: right no john i'm glad you said that because this movie that by the end of the movie Mm -hmm. it gives you hope
0: those i can i like those yeah Yeah,
1: it it is i mean it's it's not a feel-good movie like oh everything's wonderful now it's a it's it's a movie though that gives you hope that wow see yep it's not hopeless we can do something. That guy did something. And now these guys are doing something. And now we can do it. Well, what can I do? Well, you know, there's something you can do before you leave the theater. Spoiler alert. Before you leave the theater, they, you watch Jim Caviezel at the end. And they will put up a QR code on the screen. Mm-hmm. And you can snap that QR code with – bring your phone. You snap the QR – one thing that these, these evil devices are actually good for, snap the QR code with your phone and you can pay it forward there are people that want to see this movie that can't afford to go to oh, the theater, sure. and you can actually pay for a ticket oh. or tickets for someone else yeah. to go see that movie. Oh, that's oh. cool! Yeah, that's very cool. So, that, so before you go back to your car, you can do something right. to help stop child trafficking. Sure. Wow, I love that. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. In fact, the guy we took we took a friend of ours, mm-hmm. and we got out to the lobby before we got back to our car. He said said all right he said i've already paid it four to five people i bought five tickets wow for- <laughs> well
0: <laughs> that's great that is that's re- that's really cool yeah so it's like right. people that you know you go through the line or the drive-through at a restaurant oh no the guy in front of you already paid for you it. and it's like yeah, wow right.
1: knowing that i would order
0: double <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> no, so all right
1: so, so there's my there's my my plug for that okay um what is esg What's ESG? Can anybody tell me? I, I, yes, we've I, heard it before, right? We've heard I, I
2: understand it to be the social credit score for businesses. Okay, good. Yeah, that's, that's what it is in a nutshell. And what it stands for is
1: environmental, social, and governance. That's what it stands mm-hmm. for. And it's, uh, it's promoted as a voluntary system for all businesses, public and private, to join. And you basically rate yourself on different criterion. Right okay, so that you can get a, an ESG mm-hmm. score an ESG mm-hmm. rating and it's voluntary the uh, here I'm, I'm going to just read something. this is from obata uh 75 obata.com the seven step ESG reporting process. listen to this these guys are all in favor of it. All in favor of it. this article was uh, updated. This is it's it's dated January 1st, 2023.
2: Oh, David, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, I, I kind of looked up that website you brought up for that reference, that QR code for pay it forward. Oh, at, yes. And. They had a two million ticket goal to reach for people to pay to donate to, for people to see it. And so okay. far they raised enough funds for almost eight million. Look just at just under eight million. Look at that. Yeah.
1: Praise God. And that's fantastic. Cool. And if
2: people are looking for the website, it's angel.com slash pay dash it dash forward.
1: Right. But don't do it there. Go to the movie yeah. and click on the on the QR code and then do it. Because I think that they actually track that. I think that they track, you know, when those when those donations are coming in. So if it's like right after a movie, right after Showtime, they know that that many people from that theater you know, bought right. tickets for other people.
2: You know what sure. I'm saying? Yep. So,
0: they can
1: kind of track them that way.
2: Yeah. So ESG. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: thank you, uh, Dean, for doing that. I, that's wonderful. Hey, think about that. When was the last time you heard of 8 million tickets being bought to give away to, to, to yep. eight million people, yep. so they could see it doesn't happen. Uh, that is uh, one of the most critical things. By the way, in the movie, they point out that sex trafficking, trafficking—it's—it's it's basically human slavery all over again. Mm-hmm. That that within a couple of years, sex trafficking will exceed in terms of the money that people make trafficking children and other human beings. Will exceed the money that's made in illicit uh, uh, drug sales worldwide. Mm-hmm. Think about that; it'll get bigger than drugs. Okay, ESG. This is these guys are all in favor of it. The science and art of developing your ESG report, or check out this word. Your sustainability oh, report.
0: Sure. Yep, sustainability We've report. We've talked about that, yep. haven't we? Mm-hmm. And
1: what's sustainability? Sustainability is code for we're going to control you. That's what it's code for. ESG is the same thing. Mm-hmm. We all learn the science and art of the seven-step ESG reporting process for developing ESG. Okay, it's important to respect the process. <clears throat> Listen carefully to the, the, how they... Word this. It's important to respect the process when producing an environmental, social, and governance report, whether it's your first or one of many. Depending upon the goals of your company or organization, that process may range from somewhat complicated to extremely complex. No matter where your organization is on its ESG adoption journey, the process starts with an evaluation and it ends with a report showing the collective efforts... Collective, The collective. I just like highlighting these communist words that they throw in there as they prepare us to start thinking as communists. The collective efforts of those supporting you and your commitment to ESG. And then they ask this. What is ESG? So this is coming direct from Obata, uh, not from me. Environmental, social, and governance reporting is a voluntary process. Remember, do you remember this one? Uh, we'd like you to shut down your business voluntarily for just two weeks so we can get, you know, just flatten the curve. Remember that? Mm Mm-hmm. That was was two years prior to all the forced lockdowns and forced maskings and forced uh, business closures. It was voluntary. It's all voluntary. Companies commit to making a difference to sustainability measures that positively impact the environment. They also use ethical standards and guidelines to treat their employees, shareholders, and communities in which they operate. So that's interesting because they say shareholders, that means the people that own stock in the company. Yep. But a little bit later on in this thing, they say this, they, they, now they switch their terminology to this. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's pretty long. Uh, they say, why should a company care about developing and sharing the non-financial measures communicated within an ESG report? In other words, Why should a company care about (laughs) about giving people a bunch of inside information that they don't have to give to them? Because in today's business world, ESG matters to all your stakeholders, including investors. Now, what's the difference between a stakeholder and a shareholder? What's the difference? I don't know. Stakeholder has more? I'm not sure. Yeah, Uh, Stakeholder is a new communist term to prepare you for Thinking like a communist. It helped get you ready to think like a communist. That's what the word stakeholder meant. I'll get into that in just a a minute. Shareholder means you own stock in the company, right? Yep. You've paid, you've bought, you've purchased stock. So you now own a percentage of the company, essentially. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. what stock is, right? It's ownership in the company. Yep. So whether it's 0.0000001% or if it's actually zero point 1%, or if it's actually 1.0%, or if it's 5%, or that's how you own part of the company by Mm -hmm. buying stock. A stakeholder, this is the new term, it was introduced during COVID. And what it means is anybody, anybody who cares about that particular issue. If you care about it, it matters to you, you're Mm -hmm. a stakeholder.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. You have stake in it because it matters to you. Because it matters.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like skin in the game. But you don't have to have any skin in the game. All you have to do is say it matters. You just care about it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that, like, for example, if you say something, like, for example, the fact that you're white, that, I care about that because that actually, it's a microaggression to me Mm -hmm. because you're white and Mm -hmm. I know that all whites are racist. And I, I've got, you know, some other blood in my history. And so I'm, I'm aggressed by the color of your skin. Yeah. I'm basically a stakeholder in everybody's skin color.
0: Yeah. Because it matters to me. You'd be a stakeholder because if it doesn't go your way, your feelings might be at stake.
1: That's right. Exactly. (laughs) it kind of is. No, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel safe now. I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. Stop looking at me. Mm -hmm. He's got blue eyes. He's looking at me. (laughs) That's the kind of insanity that the communists are pushing so that they can take over. Because what makes America special around the world is that we recognize individual rights, mm-hmm. individual rights. The goal of communism is that the state is the only entity that has rights. Individuals have no rights. You have no rights as an individual, if you're in a communist country, the state has the right to tell you where you can and cannot live, Sure. where you can and cannot go, where you can and cannot work, what you can and cannot make, what you can and cannot do. That's the right of the state. You have no rights at all. So that's a massive difference. And so this program, this ESG program, the whole stakeholder concept, is designed to do the same thing. And Paul, let you, I want you to ask that, but I just want to make this point. It's designed to do the same thing that the communists did when they said... Workers of the world, unite! Yeah. You've got nothing to lose but your chains! Mm -hmm. That's the message. Sure. And the idea is that if you own a business, if you own a business, and you own a business, and you own a business, and you all hire people, each one of you gets to make individual decisions about your business, right? And your employees, you mm-hmm. get to decide how much you're going to pay your employees. Mm-hmm. You get to decide what benefits you're going to give your employees. You might decide because you're a stingy old guy who just doesn't care about anybody except the bottom line that you're going to give your employees no benefits at all. And you're going to pay them the minimum that you possibly can. But, but Dean over here, he says, Hey, I like these people I care about them. I'm going to give you some insurance, a little, you know, a little insurance policy, just a minor for you. Cause I know you guys have families mm-hmm. and so, and I'll pay, I, I can't really afford to pay you anymore cause I'm giving you this policy. And so people say employees that are working for you, John, they say, Hey, forget you. I'm going to work for Dean. Yeah. Yeah. And then the guys that are working for Dean, Paul, his business is even more successful. He says, Hey, you know what? I'm going to give you insurance plus a retirement benefit. Plus I'm going to pay you a dollar an hour more. See, you all, and then you can decide, okay, fine, I'll give you benefits. That's how it works in a free market economy where individuals, and individual, where individuals get to choose where they work. I don't have to work for you, I'll go work for him. I'll go work for him. I'll go work for myself, I'll start my own business. Individuals get to make those decisions. In communism, that's all taken away the government decides everything and you yep. have no ability to decide for yourselves so by saying workers of the world unite it's basically they're saying unite against your employers mm-hmm. fight back against them put us in charge let us make the decisions because we'll make better decisions than those individuals will and everything becomes centralized sure. that's how communist tyranny works sure the way that freedom works is 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 we we individually we individually get to make decisions about what's best for us and, and our families. And we can make, we can make those choices ourselves mm-hmm. without any government interference. So the ESG thing is one more way to get everyone to comply so that now we can shut out people that aren't doing sure. things the way the government wants them to do it. Right, right. And again, we end up with the same result. The government controls everything.
2: Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm just gonna play the audio of it, but this is a, a lady from North Korea, and she's basically talking about this ESG thing, but how they did it in North Korea. Okay, good.
1: So what our ancestors did. Like, if my great grandfather was a capitalist and landowner, they say your blood is tainted, your genetics is oppressive, and now they say whites well, being white, you're oppressive to other people. And it's exact same tactic, and the obsession on. What we can say, what we cannot say, like North Korea. In North Korea, we get executed. In America, if you say the wrong thing, you lose your job, you lose your character and dignity, your livelihood is ruined. So, of course, you're not North Korea, but you're getting there. So At some the point, you need to turn back. In North- yeah, wow, no, she's exactly right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, and she's got she's got a lot more she's got a lot more credibility in well, what sure. she says than than any of us do. Uh, from a from a functional experiential standpoint, yeah, right. We I've didn't never, live it. I, I've never experienced mm-hmm. oppression, yeah, right. From my well, that's not true because we're we're all experiencing oppression from our government now. Yeah, Just let's face it, John. There are yeah. certain things. Look, we know we wh- what. Do you take us off all the time, Facebook and YouTube? Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. they'll censor the show if yep. we say the wrong mm-hmm. thing.
0: Yeah, we were in YouTube jail again last week.
1: That's censorship. Mm-hmm. That's not freedom of speech. Yep. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. So we need to continue to push back and say, no, we're not going to go along with that. Oh, ESG, are you kidding me? I'm not going to, I wouldn't do the, if I had a big company, if I was a, you know, I don't even have to to be a Fortune 500 company. If I just have a big successful company, Mm -hmm. you know, with a couple dozen employees, uh, we're making a, you know, we're billing out a, a million dollars a year or two million a year. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do an ESG score if you paid me. Because it's 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 a way of controlling them. And these companies that are doing it don't I I, here's what I think here's what I think the 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 perceived value is to the CEOs and the Mm -hmm. boards. I think they perceive value in being able to say, Hey look, we're saving the planet. We're not discriminating. We're good people. We all the trans, xyz, gay, every you name it, we accept those. We're we're good. We do all those things just like we're supposed to right. do. Like good comment or like good like good people. And 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 we our carbon footprint it's almost non-existent and by next year it will be non-existent. And by the year after that, it's going to be we're going to be carbon uh negative. So we'll actually be sucking up other people's carbon even though The whole carbon thing is a total farce. Yeah, it's a joke. It's a lie. It's not a joke. It's a lie. It's a lie. It is a lie, as a means of
2: controlling people. You know the the censorship thing that this happened over COVID because on social media it was you'd get your stuff taken down for like hate speech. You know, which Mm -hmm. is but then they started with the hate speech thing, but then during COVID this is when they transitioned into misinformation. Yeah,
0: misinformation.
1: Right. So, so I think that the companies that sign on and that that voluntarily rate themselves to get an ESG score, they think that they're going to look to their audience to the public, to the shareholders, or the potential shareholders or the stock market or the people that buy and trade stock like they're they're a good company. They're responsible they're responsible environmentally, they're responsible socially, and they're responsible for governing themselves accordingly. Yeah, And they think that that's going to be a positive. What they don't understand is that they are placing a noose around their neck voluntarily that's loose right now, Yeah, but it's going to get cinched up tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter until they have no choice but to do what they're told. Mm-hmm. It won't be voluntary anymore, just like it wasn't voluntary. So we saw the pattern in COVID. It's going to be the same thing with the CSG score, and those companies are going to find themselves unable to do anything that they want, and it will be complete tyranny, and they will be controlled by the people who set up the system in the first place.
2: You know, so we talked about this on Bitcoin Bytes, because um, this is kind of a creepy thought, but everybody's saying that, okay, if we just go to you know Bitcoin, it's a completely open source. You know nobody can mess with your money type of deal. So we can go to this digital digital currency, kind of eliminate the banks, and then you have these altcoins. Um, so these other companies that come out with them, but Bitcoin will always be the main one that nobody can corrupt. Except that BlackRock is opening an altcoin, which is fine. Yeah, nobody can touch your Bitcoin except BlackRock. Will go to every single business and say, "You want to accept Bitcoin? You will only accept BlackRock Coin." And then they will effectively take over the entire digital money market system because they will they'll influence everybody that's selling everything to say your Bitcoin has no value yeah, yeah. in our store.
1: Right. So yeah. So that was actually where we were going to be going <laughs> with this with this particular podcast is. Uh, private money, right? Uh, because digital currency is now going mainstream. The the federal government and some people call them Biden bucks. They're being tested right now. Right now, uh, I believe in 120 <coughs> different banks mm-hmm. nationwide. Right? Have you read about that? Yeah. So these banks are now gonna they're gonna try out this digital currency. One of the real problems that we have, you know, are the this. This is this is fiat currency, right? That's fiat currency. What does that mean, fiat currency?
0: Can't drive it.
1: <laughs> and it does but it breaks down just as much. Yeah. Uh, uh, this note is legal tender for all debts public and private. Mm-hmm. For the stores that will still take it. According to who? It's legal tender for all debts public and private according to who? According to the U.S. government. According to a lot of countries' governments, actually. This is fewer and fewer all the time. Yep. yep. This is what's called a Federal Reserve Note. Mm-hmm. The Federal Reserve is not a U.S. government agency. No. Nope. The Federal Reserve is a private bank. Mm-hmm. And they're saying this is worth $1 because the government says it's worth a dollar. That's what fiat currency mm-hmm. is. The government, through fiat, through their power, says this has value, this is worth a dollar, but this isn't. The government could say this is worth a dollar and this isn't. Mm -hmm. And then you'd have to find a bunch of these, which would be difficult because it's got my writing on it, but I'd make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because all I'd have to do is write that on every piece of paper that somebody wants the dollar for. Every single government, country, nation, that has gone to a fiat currency system as opposed to a an actual precious metals-based system, mm-hmm. gold or silver. Every single fiat currency system, eventually, this goes to zero in terms of value. Inflation isn't the cost of goods and services going up. Inflation is the value of this dollar going, going down. down. Yeah. That's what inflation you is. The,
2: there's another thing, too. Uh, uh, this Andrew Tate guy, he put up a short little reel and he pretty much explains it pretty quickly on why they want to get rid of cash and they want to go to digital because if I have a 50, this is what he says. If I have a $50 bill and I buy something from you and you get that $50 bill, then you take that $50 bill and you go buy something. And then, you know, that transaction can go through, you know, 10 different hands and then somebody ends up with that $50 bill at the end. Yep. But now if I have that $50 bill and then I use my card to pay for something, the bank takes one point five percent of it, and so after you go through thirty transactions, that fifty dollar bill becomes property of the bank because every transaction they're they're constantly taking a one point five percent transaction fee when you're using your credit card or your debit card or whatever it is instead of just handing the cash over to the person directly. Yeah, it's, so you're are you a proponent
0: for cash? Because I th- I think our world is going to really be in, in uh, the hurt bag if we. going to be we're going to be going
2: to a trade economy. We're just going to be trading goods.
0: Yeah, we can't can't just all be digital, or, or we're we're going to pretty much lose control of everything. I mean,
1: who's yeah. going to have control of it? Right. Well, here's the here's the here's the point, and that that guy does make a good point because if you use credit cards, yeah, the mm-hmm. you get to, to so what some anyway, so that is a that is a thing, right? Um, you're charged a use fee or a finance charge or something like that and they can say that they can get rid of that with, there is a digital currency I learned this from, from uh, Dr. Dan Uh the currency is uh, XRP it was created by, by a company called Ripple who was sued by the SEC the Securities and Exchange Commission and uh, guess what uh, this case this lawsuit went on for uh, a couple of years two, three years they just wrapped it up the SEC was saying that, um, that the, the, this Ripple product was a security. And they were saying, no, it's not a security. And they said, yes. So, well, anyway, they, the, 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 after the whole trial is over, they said, nope, I guess it's not. So, so now you can buy. And the thing that makes... Um, that makes XRP different from bitcoin for example bitcoin was designed to require huge amounts of energy to to mine right mm-hmm. it's very it's it's hmm. slow and sluggish and it's difficult to transmit across you know yep. borders that across from nation to nation very very cumbersome the, i think that they thought that was a benefit but guess what XRP is not like that at all XRP is inst- practically instant okay so whether it's 0.3 seconds or three seconds to transfer a billion dollars from here to Saudi Arabia or Saudi Arabia to here, who cares, right? It's not days, and it doesn't it doesn't involve huge transaction fees. It's super cheap and super simple to use. So um, when I first started buying XRP, uh, it was only available on one exchange and that was Uphold. Now it's available in all kinds of exchanges. Ever since the SEC uh, lawsuit. And They failed. They, Dan, to his credit, said they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. SEC is going to lose in court. And they did lose. Yep. They, they just lost. So uh, XRP, of course, the, the, the value is, is climbing. Um, how it's going to shake out in the end, we don't know. But that's not the point of this show. The point of this show is if we get to a point where all currency is digital and this becomes wallpaper or a, a handy little funny little blast from the past – I can't do anything without someone knowing. Right. Right now, if I say, uh, hey, John, uh, I really like that old Batman figure you have there. Will you take a dollar for it? And you say, sure. Nobody knows but right. me and you. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. And guess what? Nobody has a right to know. You're right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one has a right to know. If everything goes to digital, that goes away. Yeah. And there become, there's a record of every single transaction, who bought what from whom, how much of it did they buy, when did mm-hmm. they buy it, where did they buy it, all of that is going to be recorded. And so we lose our last bastion of privacy, which is financial transactions. Well, but this is going to be good because that means that bank robbers and criminals and crooks and people like that won't be able to do their bad things anymore. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> No, you're wrong about that because the people behind the system are crooks mm-hmm. and they're evil people and they don't care about stopping evil. They care about stopping freedom. And so we have to care about stopping them. So I think that uh, the digital currency thing, is a, it's a terrible idea. It's coming. I don't think that we can stop it. But what we can do is we can prevent it from taking over. So that becomes another form. Ultimately, it's going to go that way. Ultimately, it is going to go that way. How do I know? How do I know that ultimately this will be worth nothing? Mm
0: -hmm. You know, uh, even some of the businesses now that refuse cash, uh, I know they're trying to make a law in North Dakota where that can't happen. But some people, I mean, let's face it, some of these people live paycheck to paycheck. They might not have a good enough credit score to even get a credit card or, or something like that. How do you live? If you can't live with cash, I have a friend who is, let's see, he'd be 68 years old. Um, He couldn't get a cell phone. The guy's got money. He's got money. He was very smart with his money, started young, retired early. He's got a bunch of money. Can't even get a cell phone because he has no credit. He uses cash for everything. He always has his entire life. I know another NHL player, retired NHL player. Had to get a loan. Had plenty of money to build this big mansion when he retired, but he had to get a loan because he had no credit, and so he needed to start building credit at 35 years old. Okay, but, and you're rich,
1: but you unless know? guys like that understand, I mean, if I'm understanding you correctly, unless guys like that, um don't understand what's really going on they're going to love this system because they're not going to need credit sure you don't need credit to have digital cash you just trade these in for digital dollars
0: Mm -hmm. okay
1: so if he's already got a million in the bank two million ten million in the bank they just convert it to digital
0: but like what they're trying to do now now get anything
1: he wants right cell phones sure anything
0: but what they're a lot of the businesses are doing now is getting putting away with cash they don't want cash anymore they just your credit card or your debit card you know and and i don't know i'm i'm a cash guy I'd rather have cash. I feel much more comfortable with cash in my pocket than nothing.
1: I don't know, John, how they get away with that. Because I've heard of businesses that mm-hmm. cash, no, no cash, we don't take cash. Guess what? Let me read this again. <clears throat> yeah. This note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. You know what that means? That means if I owe you a dollar, you can't refuse this. Right. Because this is legal tender. Yep. There, I, here, here's, a, here's a credit card. This says nowhere on it that this is legal tender for Mm -hmm. anything.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's a credit card. This is by law. If someone says, no, we don't take cash. Say, I'm sorry. That's all I've got. You're going to have to take it because by law you have to. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, I'll sue you. Right. They have to take it.
0: Yep. Uh, By the way, uh, that fan, I couldn't figure out what the hell that noise was. Did you hear? I kept turning (laughs) your mic down. I'm like, Oh, it's Paul's microphone. I wonder what's wrong with that. And then you shut the fan <laughs> off and it's like
2: <laughs> wind noise. <laughs> I had noise. to put that in there. I had
0: to put that. I could hear it and I'm like, oh, that was driving me nuts. Well, I don't
2: All know. Right. I don't know if it's the camera, but I always look so red compared to you guys. Um, I don't know. It's just weird. Well, I think it's
0: that red background I, I, behind you makes you look more red.
2: No, that actually should make him look less
1: red. Yeah. Yeah, by well, comparison. I, mean, I know I'm a little bit tanner than you guys, but I... Oh, wait. oh
0: You're not see. tanner than us. You're not tanner than me, I don't think.
1: How do we fight back against this plan of social credit score, cashless society, all digital tender? Well, uh, you first of all, you get informed, you let other people know what's going on, and then you vote. Yeah. Because we do have people in the state legislature, for example, who are, you know, John, you said that there are people that are trying to make sure that this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Who we vote for really matters. Yes, it does. It really matters. I don't wear this because red's my favorite color, although red is my favorite color. It matches Paul's (laughs) face. (laughs) (laughs) Paul should be wearing this. Um, It's, it's, as I've mentioned before, it's outdated. It says Trump 2020, and it says keep America great, but America's not great right now. America's in deep trouble right now, but... But there is a man and there are men who are willing to do what it takes to eliminate the nonsense that has taken hold in our country. And Donald Trump is one of them. You know, another guy that I really like, I don't know him well, but uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is incredibly smart, an incredibly smart guy. He's running for president on the, on the Republican ticket. Oh, okay. And, um, man... He's from India. Yeah. He came here with nothing. He's now a billionaire, multi-billionaire. He started companies that are worth a, a oh, billion dollars now. I thought it was like some but he kind can't run for president if something. he's from India. Yeah, he yeah. Can. He's an American yeah. citizen.
0: Once you're an American citizen, uh, you think see, Barack he's an, Obama I, he's was...
1: naturalized... <laughs> he's naturalized, yeah. Was he born in America? Hmm. He wasn't born in America. He's a naturalized citizen. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know his background, but he's is, he is running, and um, he came here with nothing. Yeah, because Schwarzenegger it. couldn't run for president. He, Which
2: candidate?
1: Schwarzenegger. No, the other. Oh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh,
0: I that was a hot dish or something.
2: It, it's uh, <laughs> No, Arnold Schwarzenegger, but, you know, he, no, was the, he was
0: the governor. Governor of California.
2: But, but he couldn't run for president because, Austria, because he was born in, in Austria. 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 Yeah.
0: yeah, I didn't know that.
1: Hmm. Yeah. That's I'll, why he talks different. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll be back. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, all right. I want to be president. <laughs> um. uh, so, but 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 here's the thing: if he so if we find out, so Dean's going to find out right now uh, where he was born. His parents are from India. I think that he. Uh, yeah, whether he was born in the United States, I don't he know. Says
0: you, you uh, know you have to be born in the United States, except for Obama. He got his own set of rules. And that's uh, I, what I was wondering, too, because I I think he claims he was born in Hawaii. He or does. Something, I, you know, I think, that, but,
1: I think Obama, I, I used to think that he wasn't. I think Obama was born in Hawaii. Okay. I do. I think he was born in Hawaii. So if he was born in Hawaii, why the big thing over not releasing his birth record? Yeah. yeah. Right? Because because Trump said we want to see his birth Certificate from Hawaii. Oh, and he didn't want to show it. Yeah, he finally but, produced, Honolulu, Who, who is? Well, that's what Obama? he says. Yeah. Yeah. He's born in Wana Honolulu, where, I. I. Dean, where is Vivek Ramaswamy born? Was he oh, born here? Okay. Thank you. So, got to figure out how to spell it. 1st right? so We got. got. We got. to wind this show up. But, yes. Um. But. Uh, I think that the reason that Obama didn't want his birth certificate his true birth certificate shown is because I think it would show who his true father was. Oh, that could be. And I don't believe his true father was the sheep herder from uh, from Cincinnati. Kenya. Cincinnati. Vivek was born in Cincinnati? There you go. Oh, Vivek okay. Thomas well, was born so in that's Cincinnati. How He's how good enough go. for president. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, I believe that I personally believe that Barack Obama's father was Frank Marshall Davis that's what i believe okay i think his father was his, his biological father was frank marshall davis i think that his mother and durham pretended to be married to this 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 guy from kenya or maybe she married him but i think that frank marshall davis was his biological father and frank marshall davis is an american communist and nobody he doesn't want anybody to know who so when he wrote dreams of my father the mm-hmm. book mm-hmm. Assuming he wrote it, he talked about a guy that was like a father to him, a guy yep. named Frank. Oh, sure. I think that's They're... Frank Marshall Davis. Okay. Also, they look incredibly yeah, they, yeah. similar. Does Does Barack Obama look like the sheep herder from Kenya? Not at all. <laughs> he doesn't even look remotely like that guy.
2: Yeah. Well, isn't like Trudeau? Isn't he supposed? They claim that he's like Chavez's son or something, or you know, somebody shea, like that. Yeah. Because no, oh, yeah,
0: Trudeau's the, dad was the premier. Up in Canada before he is. Or,
2: no, I think
1: he's supposed to be the, uh, I think he's supposed to be uh, the son of um, or somehow related to a uh, guy from uh, Cuba,
2: Castro. Yeah, Fidel Castro.: yeah. yep, and because yeah. he looks just like him, <laughs> and they have pictures of like him his, right. his mom like with Fidel Castro. so
1: And they've got pictures of Barack Obama's mom and Durham naked in Frank Marshall Davis's living room. Oh, well, then what about Barack's
0: wife? I mean, husband, uh, what the he, she thing? Anyway, that's for a different show. So anyway, (laughs) yeah.
1: So so let's get back to uh, Mr. Ramaswamy. He's brilliant. Watch the, if you can find, go on YouTube, do a search. I'm urging you all to do a search. And watch his, if you care about American freedoms, do a search on... Uh, for Vivek Ramaswamy addressing the NRA. Uh, He just did, he was just at an NRA convention and he spoke and he he speaks for like like 10 minutes or seven minutes or something like that. You watch that and listen to what this man says. He grew up, he admits he grew up in a home that was Mm anti-gun. He says, here's why I'm a gun owner. And he does a masterful job. My hope, my prayer is that President Donald Trump will select Vivek Ramaswamy as his running mate. Oh, sure. I think those two would be unstoppable and unbeatable. Unbeatable. Uh, by the way, Vivek Ramaswamy, the reason that he was successful and became a billionaire is because of... <laughs> people have actually said this to his face. They said because of white privilege. He said... um, okay, take the blindfolds off and look at my skin. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> I'm brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Wow,
1: how about that? So anyway, but, uh, but you know what? Intolerance and lies have no perception of reality. Right. And people that live by, by, by lies and hate uh, and intolerance, they have no perception. They can't perceive reality as it, as it really is, and so they say the stupidest things, unfortunately. So anyway, uh, so the point is, um, we'll get to the rest of this point on the next show, maybe. <laughs> uh, but without, without greenbacks, there is no you have no privacy right. in what you buy. And once it's known what you buy and what you don't buy, you can be controlled. Because oh, you bought the wrong thing or you bought too much of the right thing, or you bought whatever, and we're not going to let you buy that anymore. They can literally turn... You know how the credit card... Hey, have you ever... Here, have you ever gone to the gas station and you swipe it and you put it in and it mm-hmm. doesn't accept the card? Mm-hmm. What? 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 What happened? It's happened to me, so what do I do? I pull out the next one, and I try that. Oh, good, that one worked. Whew, because I needed gas, because I'm out of town. Yep. Why didn't it work? Because, you know, in one case, I call the credit card company, I say, what's going on? And they say, uh... Did you just purchase furniture in London, England yeah. for $1200? No, I didn't. We didn't think so and so we flagged that and we shut your card down. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So they can't they can't yep. use my card. These crooks can't use my card yep. again and cost me money.
0: Yeah, cuz I know when They turn
1: it off. Guess what happens if everything's digital? They can turn yep. your account off anytime mm-hmm. they want sure. for
0: any reason. Yep, yep. Um, that happened to us one time. We went to use our debit card, and it didn't work. We called the bank. What's going on? They said, well, we thought it was flagged because we thought somebody had gotten a hold of your number or whatever and used your card. So we stopped it. Okay, you can turn it back on now. Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. You have to go apply for another. We had to go through all the crap to get another debit card from the bank we've been banking at for 25 years <laughs> because they thought they were doing the safe thing. When we travel, we always call wow. our bank now. We always call our credit union and say, we will be in the states or these countries. So no nope. flags, just know what we're
2: doing. We're going to be gone. So we'll end on this and because I got, well, two, yeah, we got- two really quick points. One is the same thing happened to me, and it's because there was a charge that I actually made but they thought it was not me. And so they stopped it and then they said, yeah, you're going to have Mm -hmm. to apply for a new card and it's going to take probably a week to get. Yep. This was a day before I was leaving to Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like,
1: (laughs) how (laughs) am I going to go to Mexico Mm -hmm. if I
2: don't have a credit card? Great Great timing. timing. Now, now the second one is when you talk about them shutting it off, how many times has somebody swiped their card and it didn't work? And you call them up like, well, why isn't it working? You went over your daily limit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ah,
2: right. Exactly. (laughs)
1: And what happens when you try to make a purchase using your digital currency and they say you've exceeded your carbon footprint mm. allowance oh, for sure. the yep. week. Yeah, the they month, can the day, shut you off whenever they want. For anything. Mm-hmm. For anything. So digital currency very bad idea. Uh, very bad idea. Very bad idea. And I'm invested in I mean I've mm-hmm. I've put thousands of dollars into uh, digital to buy digital currency because I think that that's the one that's yep. going to go. Sure. Uh, and I I know one of them is, but I asked a question earlier, let's end with this. I said I know that eventually we're going to leave greenbacks and we're going to go to all digital, and how do I know that? How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me so. Because the Bible says that once the Antichrist steps out on the national stage, once he begins his takeover of the entire world he's going to institute some policies some fiscal policies some monetary policies and you know what one of them is you've got to have his mark either on your hand or on your forehead and anybody he says the the mark is the number of a name the number is 666 right we've all heard that Mm -hmm. 666 if you don't have that mark it says no one the bible says no one Greater, free, rich or poor, young or old, small or great. No one can buy or sell anything. How do you, how, how does he prevent me from buying anything? If I don't have the mark, but I've got one of these, he can't, right? He can't prevent me from buying something. If I got one of these and you take these, but Hey, Hey, you don't have the mark. I know, but give me that thing. I'll pay. Okay. Here you go. That's going to happen all over the place. But if it's all digital and you don't have the mark, that's recorded. Sure. We know you don't have it. Yep. Now it becomes very easy to make sure that nobody can buy or sell because they don't have the mark. And if you don't get the mark, you don't get the digital currency. And if you don't get the digital currency, you don't get to live. Mm -hmm. That's how I know. Thank you very much, David. Thank you, sir. That was written, by the way, over 2,000 years ago. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, private money, the Great Reset. Thank you to David Waterman, the Midwest Public Health Coalition. Thanks to Paul, the producer, Thank and you, our John. show today, by the way, brought to you by the Midsummer Rock Fest. The Midsummer Rock Music Fest is happening July 20th through July 22nd in Monaga, Minnesota. There's 14 hit rock music acts playing over three days, like Powerman 5000, Saliva, Theory of a Dead Man, and more. General admission, in addition to having on-site camping, will be available for RVs and tents. Now, if you'd like to win passes, all you've got to do is go over to GFSource.com, hit the Contact Us link at the top of the uh, message, and then state, I want those tickets, we will randomly choose a winner. If you want to find out more information about the Midsummer Rock Music Fest and how to buy additional tickets, scan the on-screen QR code, check out their Facebook page or their website at MidsummerMusicFest.com. Midsummer Rock Music Fest in Monaga, Minnesota, your chance to win is coming up on Grand Fork's Best Source. Well, by the way, tomorrow we talk with Ben Lester. He's with Stable Days Youth Ranch about the awesome things that they do at the ranch and the local community itself, all right? Make sure to tune in and make sure to like share tag and follow us hit that notification bell on your smartphone you'll never miss a show that way you know the grand cities is an awesome place the grand cities are still here grand forks best source is giving them an identity again